everyone and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. My name is George and I'm joined by my co-hosts... Liam. And... Grant. And we have a special guest. What is your name? Hello, my name is Maz and I play in a band called Wax. Awesome. Hello, Maz. Hello, Hello, Maz. How are we tonight? Very well. Very excited to be here and um, talk about music, which is my favorite thing ever. So sick. And I'm going to jump into that in a sec. So I'm just going to do my little intro and go. We have a Patreon. You can back us from as little as $1 a month and there's content bonuses at 5 and $10 a month, which we have scrapped because we've decided <laughs> that anyone who Patreons us can have content can bonuses because we're awesome at patreon.com slash flawless AMP. And we're part of the Play On Radio Network, along with other great podcasts like Australian Music Diaries. Our episodes air Monday afternoons at 5 p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Times, and you can hear them at playonradio.live. Now, what is flawless, you say? Well, each episode, one of the hosts, or in this case, our guest, nominates an album that they think is flawless, and we talk about why they love it, how they discovered it, and why they think it is a flawless record. So, Maz, tell us a little about yourself, and then we'll get on to the album you've nominated yeah awesome um well i'm a musician i've been in the australian music scene like for about eight years now playing in a rock band called wax nice um and it's spelled w-a-a-x yep yeah um and yeah we just tour a lot and i've been doing it for the entirety of my 20s. So it's literally ingrained in my identity. It's all that I know. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, I just, I've just been kicking around for a while. And um, we've, we've just put out our third record at the end of, uh, sorry, during August of last year. And then we're um, about to head off on tour soon. And yeah, just doing all that sort of thing. And I've got one of your songs on my running playlist when I'm Hell on a yeah. treadmill. That's so awesome. there you go. So cool. when when I found out you were coming out, I was just like, oh, how exciting. It's just like, it felt like I'm running a <laughs> yeah. like 5K or whatever. So where can people find out more? Is it facebook.com? Yeah, we're on Facebook or Instagram or yeah. wherever you find music. You can check us out on Spotify and stream as much as possible. <laughs> yeah, where are you touring, may I ask? Um, we're doing like an Australian tour. We're doing like all the um, metro areas and we're doing a few regional dates. And then after that, we're going straight on to Groove in the Moo, which is like a festival, which is also regional. Mm-hmm. Nice. And we're just trying to really focus on those areas because they don't feel like they get enough love. Sure. Um, so yeah, we're just going to be on tour for the majority of the next two months. Yeah. Right. That's nice. awesome. Yeah. Glad we were nice. able to get you in before you head off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's going to be super busy. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good timing. Yeah. Well done for organizing, Liam. Thank you, Thank you. Awesome. So you have brought us an album that you believe is flawless. Mm. Please tell us what album that is. Um, so it's by my favorite artist in the whole wide world, Elliot Smith. And it's called Either Raw or Either Raw, depending <laughs> on how you say it. Either 
either way. Yeah, either way. Uh, and it is, um, it, yeah, it floored me. And I've listened to it so many goddamn times. And it's changed the way that I see songwriting. It's changed the way that I see music. And he is a life-changing artist for me. So I thought that, yeah, talk about that because... I love talking about Elliot Smith and people can't shut me up about him. So. <laughs> um, so this was his third album and it came out in 97. Mm. So when did you first hear it? So I heard Elliot Smith on and off um, during my high school years, but I never quite clicked in. I was like, I really like the sound of this and I don't know why or or what it is about it because I was still trying to figure out what music was to me and I was playing in like bands and things like that but I I I didn't understand I don't think I was mature enough to uh understand what I loved about songwriting yet and it was only very recently in the last two years that I rediscovered Elliot Smith because I was like there was something about his sound that really got me when I was younger and I I didn't um I couldn't work out why so I I put the record on again and I was like oh my god and I was like how have I how how have I missed this and I I love revisiting records especially as uh, a, a songwriter who's been doing it for a while because you go back and you listen you can see and hear the the genius in the songwriting um and yeah so I, I picked up this record and the the first track that floored me was Angelis mm-hmm. um which I just his his melodies and his um, lyrical choices are just wild, mm. and um, it has a really um, a really like soft spot in my heart because I listened to that song in particular when I went to LA last year, um, just on repeat because I was just like <laughs> I just loved it. And you had to, right? Yeah, yeah, like I just was on like the plane and just listening to it heaps and and you know. And it's a super apathetic record. It's very pretty dark. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, yeah. But there's a lot of apathy and undertone in my songwriting. So I guess that's why I um, relate to it as much. Um, I'm generally I'm gen- generally a happy person. But uh, I can be dark as well. <laughs> so, so it wasn't in particular this record, sorry, interrupting, that, that you picked up again. You, would, you just heard Edith Smith in general. In your school years? Yeah, yeah. I I was like, I knew that it was something I liked, but mm-hmm. I couldn't, I didn't, um, I didn't like understand songwriting properly. Sure. I just liked what I liked. And um, I, like I said, I've been looking back at records that I yeah. loved um, and realizing why. I was like, oh, like I'm picking up this record. I'm like, oh, that's why, because the songwriting was so good. The melodies were so good. Mm. And he's heavily influenced by the Beatles and artists mm-hmm. like that. Um, mm. His melodies are flawless, like to me. Um, and yeah, so just revisiting that record changed my life. Um, and I've been, it inspired me to write so much, pick up the acoustic a, mm-hmm. a lot more. Um, and then I revisit his entire back catalog and it's all I listen to like every day for like a year. (laughs) Yeah. It literally changed my life. Yeah. Fair. Now, uh, Liam, have you heard Elliot Smith before? I had heard Elliot Smith before. I have the album after this one, XO. No. Yes. XO. Mm. I have the album after this one. So, uh, Walt's number five, Mm -hmm. I want to say. 
is on that album, I think. And that was the big one that sort of broke through here in Australia and it was on Triple J and that's where I discovered him from there. Right. And I was like, yeah, that's really cool. And I grabbed XO and I liked it at the time. It's, yeah, I, I say this so often. I liked it at the time and then I never did anything else with it. I we never, went, yeah. back, I never keep, went forward. You keep buying more and more and more. So yeah. you don't revisit much, no. I get, think. because Disposable time- income is a one yeah. <laughs> you know, from that side. So, yeah, yeah so I knew Elliot Smith and obviously like as soon as you start hearing this record, like the opening couple of songs, like, yeah, this is an Elliot Smith record. You can, you can t- feel it right away. Yes. So I hadn't heard this album before, but a couple of songs did feel familiar and we'll come back to why that was. Okay. Mm. Uh, okay. Cool. Mr. Grant, had you heard Elliot Smith before? No. <laughs> Which wow. is not an unusual answer for Grant, as we've, as we've, if you listen to Flawless um, a bit, you'd know that I came from I don't from a know. Very... You really heard, you'd heard of Queen when we did Queen. Yeah, I know. Look, small mercies, huh? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Wowzers. Um, yeah, not unusual, I suppose. I, that was released in 97, so I was first year university um, and wouldn't have had much disposable income at all that I could have spared for albums. I suppose it was trying mm-hmm. to buy three dollar um, liter bottles of vodka. I think. <laughs> um, if I if memory serves me correct, and the memory's been impeded by said three dollar bottle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I too much methanol. And he's it? never changed. <laughs> yeah. And it's got worse. Cool. Um, but no, I hadn't heard of Elliot at all. Ah. George. Hello. Would you like to tell us what you said yes. in the group chat when I told you what the album was going to be? Uh, I said, oh, it's a podcast that will make me cry. Yes. <laughs> so I'm going to intuit from that that you had actually heard this album before and you didn't just look at that album and go, I've never heard this before, but I assume it'll make me cry. Yeah, because I don't, I, I generally don't cry yeah. as, a, as a thing. Uh, but uh, no, Elliot Smith, of course, has got that sound. And you, you these two will know that I listen to a lot of anti-folk and mm. like old school folk and stuff, lots of acoustic guitar, like, um, and singer songwriter kind of stuff. So, yes. um, we talked, I've literally brought Nick Drake, which is a, what we could do as a reference here. Um, and people like Laura Marling and stuff. For, so mm. yes, Elliot Smith, I've definitely mm. heard. And so I'd listened to Elliot Smith growing up when I was younger. And then I, I didn't own an album until a boy, uh, recorded um an album for me uh wait hold on figure eight uh, i always want to call it son of sam because that's the first track yeah um, yeah figure of eight um he recorded figure of eight for me and i um on cassette and cd just in case oh, um, oh wow hey. I, I, he was so cute <laughs> um yeah so but that wasn't until like 2000 and then i was mm-hmm. like oh yeah of course like because i'd been listening to so much heavy stuff prior to that so mm. um like from 97 I was, I, that's literally when I started getting into like new metal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, yeah so classic time. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a, something I look back on fondly as I bought a Deftones ticket the other day. <laughs> oh. So, uh, yeah, we, I definitely heard Elliot Smith, but like his whole story and being um, and his person mm. makes me feel like all teary and mm-hmm. stuff because he was a tortured soul. Yes, very tortured. Yeah. And yeah. It was, it's a sad story, like in general about him, like he's, um, yeah, he's dark, mm. but yeah. he's, he's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So speaking of heavy, Mads, obviously your band is quite heavy mm. as, as they go. Mm. Did you 
how do you feel that like so you talked about how you use that songwriting you derived from Elliot Smith and those sorts of things how do you feel like sort of carries over to a different instrumental style because we've had a few other people on before who are the same who are in like big heavier rock bands and then they nominate stuff that's like way outside the genre that they play in, and I always find it interesting not that it can't be but it's just interesting to see what what people's minds go to first yeah so I mean for me I listen to anything as long as the songwriting's good. Mm-hmm. And he has such a distinct style and he says what I've always wanted to hear. Yeah. And um I've never found that in an artist I'll always pick and choose like, oh that tracks me or that tracks me. But overall, Elliot Smith underpins whatever I want from music. I use music as like a cathartic um way to navigate my emotions mm-hmm. and when i listen to it i i always want to draw from that and i want to um i don't know help understand the world and um yeah because yeah that's what music does for me and um yeah it's it's carried over a lot especially lately um before we started writing the last record i wasn't listening to it at all and then since i like rediscovered the record Every single song I want to sound like Elliot Smith, yeah. which is kind of hard. <laughs> kind of hard with your band, though. No, right? Kind of hard with the band, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so I just, I, I'm trying to like translate it um, into like a our style, yeah. Um, because I do feel my most comfortable in a band, and I I do enjoy being uh, insane on stage, and like I love that live environment. I love being in a guitar music band. Um, but yeah, like I said, the songwriting um is what uh is the most important to me and he played all the instruments on this album yes he did all of them yeah Yeah. i kept i was looking through the thing and i was like oh i wonder who he got to play all the other parts and he was like no he just played them all himself (laughs) so very talented yeah guy talented Mm -hmm. guy played them all and but he had like a musical background anyway didn't he and he was um like i think from reading about him a bit more other than the sad stuff. I think mm. he was just quite into music and into mm. like, but, and he's quite introspective yes. and self-deprecating mm. and yes. finds, seem to have that continuing theme of finding it hard to be around people or pushing them away. And that comes across a lot in the record. Which, yes. So it didn't surprise me that he would then also just compl- like write and pr- like play the whole album himself. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then, just get other people in to come and do the mixing. Mm. Um, but it sounds like I've, from reading about it, he uh, recorded it in a few different stints. So yeah. different people came and did different, uh, did mix different tracks. So, you know, there's the chirpier ones and then, mm. which are still self-deprecating, yes. but sound cheerful. Yeah. Um, and then ones which are really lo-fi. Yeah. Which is cool. So, yeah. Um, so have you seen him live? God no, no. <laughs> he, he passed uh, when I think it was like thirty five yeah. years old, and he was, yeah, it right, was like, it was dark. Yeah, so, I, I haven't I got a date know. for when it was, but it was he quite was, soon after Figure Eight, his last album came out in oh, two thousand. Yeah, I think okay. it was two thousand and three. I think he okay. actually uh, passed away. So he was um, had had an argument with his partner, and so she was in the bathroom. She locked herself in the bathroom to have a shower, and when she came out, she found him with a knife in his body and so she took the knife out called 911 straight away and he didn't survive and the, although they say it's they think it's both either a suicide or a homicide they're not sure but they think he left notes but then 
did he just write the notes as an apology to her mm. because of the yeah. argument? And so it was just kind of left as an unopened, as an, yeah. yeah. An open, an, an, and there's a lot of like, cons- yeah, there's yeah. a lot of like conspiracy around it. They're yeah. like, was he murdered? Like, why would he stab himself? Like, it's yeah. dark, yeah. but dark way to go. But he was a very suicide. He had strong suicidal tendencies yes. and his, his friends and family didn't know. And he had mm. mental um, health problems, including depression and ADHD, and mm. and that came through. And so he had all this prescription medication. Yeah, he had like six different prescription medications in him. Yeah, when they did the tox screen afterwards, but so they were was... all at the right levels. Yeah, so they weren't. It wasn't like a controversial thing. So, yeah, um, yeah. So it was just uh, his story. That's why his story kind of makes me really mm. sad because yeah. as a woman with mental health issues, I just think it just kind of puts me back there sometimes mm. when I listen. Which is why I think I probably listen to figure of eight more which is a lot more uh, cheerful yeah a bit more up there yeah it's got a few sadder songs yeah i knew that the production's a lot more there as well like he's got like a full band going the full Mm -hmm. like i think uh things started to change for him after um goodwill hunting because he had a track on there and that that kind of changed his career path and i think that's when he got real soaked up in the whole la scene and then they started like yeah he started working on um tracks that were yeah the production was like with a band and yeah, and it was an mm. oscar nominated song as well mm. it wasn't just like it yeah. was on yeah the- so there was four songs that he had for the because gus van sant fell in love with him based on i think on this album yeah and there was four songs so there was three songs from this album on the soundtrack so angelie's say yes and between the bars mm-hmm. and those are the ones that i was saying before is like i kind of recognize them because i recognize them from the movie uh, and then he wrote well he had an original song called miss misery which was the one that plays on the end credits, and that's the one that got nominated for the Oscar. Mm. Um, I say he wrote it because, or yeah, it's supposed to be an original song, but apparently it's on one of his early EPs, and oh, he just okay. reworked it. But no one told the Academy because it's supposed to, to be qualify for the Oscar. It's supposed to be an original song, mm. and they were just like, "Sure, here's my original song." Yeah, <laughs> and it's just so. I saw a video of him playing it at the Oscars because they play all the songs during the ceremony, and it was just. He just walks out on stage with an acoustic guitar and there's these big orchestral flourishes behind him. But it just doesn't belong. Like they just fill the space for him to get there while he just stands on the stage and plays. And you can, you can tell he's just not, this is not his vibe no. at all. Yeah. No. Well, he said he had one? to he I saw it, I saw down. a video of it on on yeah. YouTube while okay. I was doing the research yeah. stuff. Well, and he apparently- said how weird it was to have have his song, have to have a, a, a one and a half minute version of his own song yeah. to perform in front of all these glitzy people that weren't interested in listening to him. Yeah. It's mm. like, whereas at least in the comfort of playing a gig, you know everyone is mm. there to hear you. Wants whereas to be there. Going, playing at the Oscars and you're Elliot Smith, who's already in that mindset. Yeah. <laughs> and you're surrounded by all these glamorous like billionaires you're like um they probably don't want to hear me singing yeah. my song called miss misery and all yeah and well that's it was the year that titanic came out so it was the year that titanic won all the oscars yeah, they, so it's basically like this isn't titanic get out of the way titanic's <laughs> yeah. coming through yeah, yeah, so literally. did your heart go on yeah no, <laughs> no. i'm pretty enough. sure that's the song that won i would assume so yeah, yeah. Won, like every oscar so yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fair enough so you mentioned some songs that were on uh Goodwill Hunting. Yes. So, um, yeah, Angelis, we talked about. With, and the finger picking on that is so beautiful. Oh, so it's, good. It's so amazing. Yeah.
Someone's always coming out here, trailing some new kill. Like I just, it, there's just like a really lovely, um, like song to listen to, and but it still had that kind of vibe of LA being a bit vapid and yeah. shitty, but yeah, you know, that it's was still a very beautiful song to listen to. So if yeah. you don't hear the lyrics, you're like, oh, this is just yeah, really nice. Yeah, because so, he was originally based in Oregon, and this mm. was the album where he moved from Oregon to LA. Mm. So he was on Kill Rock Stars, and his mm. band was on Kill Rock Stars. You know, when they're in Oregon, and this was his last album in on Kill Rock Stars and he was moving to LA at the time as well. So mm -hmm. it's sort of like that was his, hey LA, nice to meet you. You're filled with hate and scum yeah. and everything that I hate about the world. So it's yeah. the, yeah, like that 40 seconds of beautiful finger plucking at the start. Yeah. And then like the lyrics you can, I was like, oh yeah, no, yeah. still an Elliot Smith song. Yeah. And yeah, it was so relevant to me when I was going to LA because I was going over there to do some, like to do songwriting and things like that. And yeah. I was like, wow, like it was my first proper overseas writing trip and um, when I was going there, I was like, wow, is it really going to be like what Elliot Smith says? Like, yeah. is the industry going to eat you alive and all that? It does It's pretty intense. I'll give it, but I think, I think uh, the whole notion of selling out and all that was a lot more prevalent back then. Whereas now I think it's more about work ethic and like the whole, the, the whole songwriting scene there is wild. It's massive. And um, people there are more just like keen to collaborate a lot more. Mm -hmm. But I think back then it was like, oh, you're going to LA to sell out. Like, yeah. whereas now it's a very different vibe. Hmm. Yeah. And you said Say Yes is also on there. Cause that's one that, that's, was it Say Yes? He's, yeah. It was mm -hmm. on there. Yeah. Cause that one mm. starts off like it could be a really cute love song. Yeah. It's totally not. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's the closest that gets to like the own album's only moment of genuine uplift and maybe positive, but it's not really. Like you've just got a tiny little prick between the surf behind the surface, and it just all falls apart. Mm. Yeah. yeah, breakups, one night stands, misunderstanding cues of women around him, and despising himself, and but still hoping that she'll say yes. Yeah, yeah. And I was like because I hadn't read the lyrics before mm. and then listened to it, read it and went, okay. Yeah. That you, whatever space you're in is dark and yeah. hard, but yes. you're making it sound so pretty. Yeah. Apparently he wrote it in only like a few minutes as well, which is something I'd heard on um, a, a podcast, which is dedicated to Elliot Smith. Um, and it's like, yeah, he, he literally like, he wanted to have a moment of hope on the record, which is quite random for him. Since yeah. He doesn't sure. know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So that's, that's a cool fact that it, like, it just came so naturally to him, like to write like that, even though he didn't feel it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But that, I think there's quite a few songs that are, this is, so we've got later on, we'll talk about, there's like, a, there's almost a pop song and there's almost like a pure mm. rock and roll song. And then this is the, the almost the uplift song. So they're, they're all the different styles of songs, but still funneled through his vision, his style of doing stuff. So it's never that, it's just his version of that, mm. which is really interesting. Mm. 100%. Yeah. So what other songs really like hit you when you're, when you're listening to the record? And um, which you clearly do. Um, <laughs> uh, what, when, when do you kind of go, <gasps> Oh, like oh my goodness, this one. Or you 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 skip back again and you listen to that song again or whatever. Which which songs really do that for you? 
Um, definitely Between the Bars. That song I really resonate with because it, it seems to come across to me anyway, the way that I read into it is that he's got this kind of toxic relationship and it's like, oh, just we'll, we'll, we'll drink up and um, don't worry about what's going on. Like, we'll just drink it away. And it's almost like they're masking the issues going on um, with um, substances. And I think he's um, really well known for getting quite deep in the substance. Um, but, yeah, I, I really, like, resonate with that track because I think um, – I've definitely been in places where um, I've used alcohol to mask issues in relationships. And so that's how I read into it. And that's what kind of got me um, interested. And it's such a nice swingy um, sounding song as well. Mm -hmm. It's very melancholic. And um, yeah, I just love everything about it. And it's, the melody is gorgeous as well. It's like pristine. Yeah. And it's really pared back it's just mm. him and mm -hmm. his guitar and, mm. and that and he's having his conversation in the, that yeah. song and it's like that's like the kind of Elliot Smith song that I listen to that makes me kind of want to have a little cry yes so, <laughs> yes where I was going with earlier because yeah that song in particular has like kind of feel to it or mm. just it's like he's having that conversation with just in to himself yes in an, in a room like just like pretending there's people around him yes. and just yeah I can just imagine it so yeah it's a really beautiful one mm. yeah it's gorgeous and um uh there's so like I think every single track on the record to me um has a lyric that's just floored me as well but um the um I really really loved um uh 2:45 a.m because it's almost just like he's 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 had a really big night or something like that and he's you know he's been attacked by someone and he's been like this reckless drunk and he's like it's just like heartbreaking and um and he's like you know documenting what like his, his walk home or something mm -hmm. like that at 2:45 a.m. and um I've thought that that's just like an incredibly awesome stream of consciousness consciousness kind of track as well he says i'm putting myself on warning yeah um, it's like mm -hmm. i'm done yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah yeah and it's, it's like heavy. and the drum he the drums kick in just for like the last 45 seconds yeah, that's yeah. It. Mm. like that it's just like the the song the song song mm. uh we're just gonna like t add some beat at the I end love yeah. that when, and then yeah. it stops yeah because sometimes bands will go, or like an artist will have, okay, the drums kick in now. We're gonna we're gonna boost up the song a bit more. But it was like the drums kick in, and then it's gonna we're just yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's just like a, a nice surprise. Yeah, cool. that I guess that's the beauty of playing all the instruments yourself is you don't have to worry about, you know, if you said to a drummer, oh, you're only gonna appear for a third of one song in the next five songs, they might be like, mm, actually, I think I'd rather be in a little bit more than that. Whereas if, like, that's if you had a full band, a proper band together. Mm. Whereas this way, you can just, oh, I only need five beats for drums. That's fine. I'll just drum it myself and be done with it. Yeah. <laughs> so wild. But yeah, that, I I really like 2.45 AM. I just think the whole album is a 2.45 AM album. Like, Literally. You can, you can yeah. picture, you can picture oh. him singing any one of these songs at oh. 2.45 AM Literally. every time. That's exactly right. I, I totally was like, agree. Yeah, it was just perfect. Like, dark night, dark thoughts. Yeah. Probably got too drunk. Melancholic, yeah. Like, so yeah. somber. Yeah. Yes. Like, Jeez, dark. Yeah. Yes, very dark. But there was this. Okay, so Ballad of Big Nothing though has like has that more chipper kind of sound. I, mm. I found like, um, so it was that ballad like like it was right to call it as such, but it had the lyrics in it. 
That's the sort of conversation I've had with people, like with people about having the condition. And so it was, yeah, when no, like I didn't know that he had that until like when I was doing research for tonight. But then I was like, oh, that hit me. Like, yeah, yeah that makes so much more sense now. Um, so, yeah, it was really cool to kind of read those, read into those lyrics. So I was like, yeah, it's still separate, self-deprecating, pushing people away, began repeating patterns and doing everything else. And you're mm. like, <laughs> yep. Yeah. But it's almost got the swerve at the end because that bit where he goes, though it doesn't mean a thing, big nothing, is the last line of the song. So he's singing that all the way through. You can do whatever you want. You can be whatever you want. And then at the last minute, he's like, but it's the whole thing is meaningless. Like, yeah. oh, there's the Elliot Smith we know so, and love. Yeah, there it is. is. So he plays the top. Yeah, yeah. He plays sure the top. Is. It's like he's, he can be completely nihilistic, just like at the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. It's wild. <laughs> so do you find this uplifting? Oh, uh, when I listen to it, I just love it. Like, and it, and sometimes uh, when I listen to it, I'll listen to it purely from a, an aesthetic point of sure. view. I'll listen to it and be like, God, those melodies, God, they're so good. Like they're so like perfect. And then sometimes I'll be in um, a shitty headspace and I'll listen to it and be like, God, those lyrics, that's exactly what I'm looking for. And then, yeah, sometimes I want to find a cool chord progression that I want to steal from him and I'll just like go in and play. So the entire record serves multiple purposes for me at any given time yeah Yeah. literally i could put it on at any point and be like i'll get something from this doesn't matter how many times i listen to it i always find something northern star guiding light (laughs) yeah 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 that's good i mean it's really funny though i was gonna say that you said this is like a chord progression you want to steal from him right because he's got like a particular style of where he goes he does these uh, little uplifts Mm. and you're like oh that's the Elliot Smith uplift yeah like I could I could tell that you could strip the vocals out and I'd go there it is that's the Elliot Smith song he's an incredible guitarist but the opening song so speed trials the opening just the very few like opening chords of speed trials um, sounds exactly like pretty much the opening of nearly every song my first band wrote when i was 13 <laughs> yeah it has that kind of like da, 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 noise and i was just like yeah and with the drums and it's just like we're all yeah. joining in together yeah. Yeah. this is what we sound like yeah um, and it re- just so when i had it on i was just like wait hold on am i 13 is this my band again and uh, it's literally around that time as mm. well like that was a, a very normal sound for songs that came out of like the mid to late 90s so sure. it just but then it like drops and goes and then changes completely um, in like in turns into the song that it is, yeah. but it's just those first few chords. <laughs> I, like. I love his tone in that track as well. 
it's like almost whispered and very restrained and just like the way that like some of his vowels sound just from a vocal point of view it's just it's fucking wild <laughs> like it's just yeah it's it's like yeah like i said that from that song i pull a lot from the vocal style very whispered and also you'll notice as well like he always uses like doubles of his vocals yeah, yeah always doubles and that's his distinct sound and there's no other voice that it suits more in my in my mm. opinion like mm-hmm. i try and do double vocals when i'm in the studio um to beef it up but just the, the just the, the tone that comes with the with what he has going for his vocal is so unique and just like so amazing yeah. and it sounds so good on speed trials yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so he's- yeah his guitar playing they talked about the suit like he is a like basically a savant as a guitar player like mm-hmm. so he'll just go into the studio and go hey guys this is what the song's gonna sound like and he'll just pluck out that 40 second melody and just play it straight through he just doesn't need the brakes just goes through and then they go okay cool and then he just does it the next take live and just exactly the same sound it's just he nails it yes. he was like doing them all in one take it was crazy that is insane hey? yeah mm-hmm. like that's so unbelievably difficult to do yeah because there's so many things going on when you're recording a vocal it's like you're thinking about okay am i hitting all the notes is the tone right is the attitude right like how can you like it takes me so many tries to to replicate when i'm doing doubling or doing that sort of thing and just the fact that he can just go in and do it in like a couple of takes is just wild yeah like he's he's insanely talented yeah so you don't do that when you're in Max? <laughs> you don't just go in and you just like hit, nail that track and you're done? Well, <laughs> well, there's been a couple of times where I've hit it, but usually it takes, because I'm still like working it out during the recording process, like <laughs> trying to figure out the attitude. And because, yeah, there's there's something, um, yeah, it's, it's it, yeah, it's hard. It, yeah. It's, it's yeah. hard. I've, yeah, I'm definitely getting better over the years in the recording process. But yeah, when you first start <laughs> recording vocals, it's, not as easy as singing into a mic. Yeah. Like it's pretty hard. <laughs> the first time I recorded to a click track, it confused yeah. me a yes. lot because I was like, I don't know what I'm like. It doesn't sound the same. And But yeah. then I realized I could play my guitar to a click track. And if I do a really good solo one time, they can cut it out and put it in the right place. Right. Yeah. Repeat it. Yeah. Repeat it three times in the, and I only have to play it right once. And I was yeah. like, this is fine. So like, yeah. And they would have recorded to tape as well. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah, of course, of course yeah. you'd have to be, incredibly like you'd have to pre like do a lot of pre-production yeah, beforehand sure. as well whereas like now you can do it like you just cut a bit chop yeah. it in here comp that like sure can. the whole process yeah. is so different can like, and do yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> did in one bad didn't did in one didn't in the other and i was yeah. just like yep you can tell there you go that's cool so um lyrically um that he obviously he sometimes it's like really beautiful poetry and sometimes that he's just like having a self-deprecating like moment to himself and you're like that's but both of them seem to work when it comes to his lyrics mm-hmm. um but in alameda or alameda mm-hmm. um he wrote Like, yep okay i really like that one i really like that song of like just it's like he's owning all of his fa- failures like yes. it's not one of those i'm i'm a person and everyone hates me and it's all their fault it's i'm a person and everyone hates me it's all my fault yes like, it's got like that 
introspection weird yes like sadness to it yes he's always self-evaluating like to the point where he grinds himself to nothing basically yeah. um but yeah. like that sounded like his own lyrics yeah <laughs> just said. i might listen back to this and write <laughs> um, but um yeah i had that i had those lyrics written down as well because yeah. like there's a really interesting chord lift as well when he goes, yeah. you broke your own. Like, it's like he's he's like being very, um, he's taking the piss out of himself with the melody. That's what it sounds mm-hmm. like to me as well. Nice. Like he kind of like gets, it, it's kind of like an uplifting melody, but he's saying some really obviously dark stuff. But he, and then he adds harmonies and yeah. oohs and yeah. ahs too, and you're like, okay, yeah. that's fine. You're just, yeah. And yeah, it's like, it's that, to me, that's, very much like an Elliot Smith song, like mm. just nailed it for his for his um, like back catalogue. That I I put that down as one of the the epic ones that you say, yeah, that that's his. If you need to know what he sounds like, yeah, here it, there is. it is. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's why his music resonates so much with me as well, is because even though I make rock music and um, it, you know, poppy rock music, um, I love. I love it when you make something that's um, danceable and a fun track to listen to, but when you actually listen to the lyrics, they're pretty dark and intros- yeah. introspective. And I think that's a parallel that I have with him. Just thought of that then. Yeah. But yeah. Nice. Mm. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So Grant, did mm. you have any, sometimes you've got like a system. I do have a system. We know I've got a system. I'm an accountant. <laughs> you have a dick system. Of course you're here because you're an accountant. What about system. Rose Parade, guys? Yes. Yeah. Rose Parade is so good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, we haven't even mentioned that one. Um, I, I wrote incredible. guitar twinkle, <laughs> like, wow. like I because I couldn't find other words. Yeah. No. <laughs> twinkle. Like a lot of the guitar parts are just so. All the songs are just so delicate and just so well recorded and produced that it's just you can just hear that. You got to go to the headphones and try and just hear that like against the strings. You can feel like the little plastic going against the strings so nicely. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Rose Parade I really really enjoyed. Mm. Yeah, and he's got like it, you you really see a parade through his eyeballs because he's like he's like looking at the sax player or something i can't remember the exact lyric but he's like looking at him and he's like he's missing every goddamn note i hate (laughs) him so much you all suck i don't want to be here like literally the vibe (laughs) that one the lyrics on that one he says Dude, oh man, just again. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Some more. Just that last one is like you. You think it's just oh yeah, it's just okay. He doesn't like parades or whatever. But it's like no, this is yeah. He's deprecating himself again. Yeah, he he finds a way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, If there's a way, relentless strive for self-deprecating behavior on the album. Yeah, because he talks about it like um. We've talked a lot about him as how he how he approaches it, but I've got a quote about how he talks about the songwriting. So he says. At first, I thought of it as storytelling. It never seemed confessional to me. I don't need people to understand what it is to be me. It's more like dreams. Pieces are me and pieces are other people and pieces are some character I'm making up. Hmm. So I think he taps into, like I think a lot of it is still him definitely, but I think he then lets his imagination flow with stuff. If he's not something that he feels directly, he'll just let his imagination go into someone else's skin and and sort of play out that situation in in the song as well. Yeah, I love that. I think that's really cool, like playing into characters and Mm. all that sort of stuff. So Mm. rad. 
um, I really like No Name number five because I, I, I realised that he had No Names one, two, three, and four before yeah. No Name number oh. five. So it, was, well, yeah, it wasn't either. like it wasn't like it was a oh. I'm, it's, I, no, it's my fifth take in the studio. It was like, no, there are actually other songs. Yeah, I don't think he gets hung up on titles that much because <laughs> it yeah. was Waltz number five is on the next album. And I think he's got on the album, there's like other waltzes as well that are like Waltz number three and what. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think he, I don't, he, Look, don't think he worries about it too much. If Beethoven can have a fifth, yeah, that's it, yeah. right? Why <laughs> yeah. can't he? Why yeah. can't Smith? Well, not only that, as the accountant speaking here, it's song, it's track number six. And yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, man? I'm like, no, no, I, no. I, I, so now like, we've given you context. Yeah, like, uh, Do you reckon that was purposeful? Do you reckon oh, he went in and was just like, the screw African. you all? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sure. But there was like really nice, on the guitar part, there's really nice slides that he does down on the guitar on that. So mm. he's like, him, he's doing like a bit of picking strums and everything else and he does these little slides down yeah. uh, um, down the fretboard and I really enjoyed listening to that because the guitar, like the drums were really lo-fi in the background but and it had... Um, but like not to like part way through um but it has the lyrics in it okay which I, I, I like i'm drawn to the saddle ones right yeah. mm. <laughs> no <laughs> don't get upset about it no not anymore there's nothing wrong Wasn't wrong before Had a second alone With a chance let pass And everybody's gone at last Those are the lyrics I had written down as well. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's gone at last. Yeah. Oh, and like earlier as well, in, in Speed Trials, he uses my, one of my favorite um, favorite phrases ever, which is um, follow the path of least resistance. So mm. um, like he just picks some little bit, bits which hit me in the feels. Yes. 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 Oh. Pass myself yeah. <laughs> Actually have a cry. Uh, so uh, yeah, but like on no, no, number five, I just really enjoyed hearing that kind of lo-fi sound and then mm. with the lyrics alongside it and stuff it was just a really beautiful thing to oh a really beautiful thing to listen to yeah and you can really sense his relief that he's alone like you can <laughs> yeah. see like he really wants to be alone and he's he's like yeah I, I definitely can relate to that as well sometimes being in a big crowded room especially if you're a musician is like Sometimes you just want to be alone mm. and it can be actually quite relieving when you when you have that alone time and you're like, ah, you <laughs> sure. chill now. Yeah. yeah. And, but then a couple of tracks later, he's doing the Punch and Judy song. Yes. And it's like a completely different like yes. feel and and they had like the guitar, like electric guitar solo stuff in yeah. there, which I was mm. like, ooh, like I didn't notice that before, like when I've listened to it before, because I always think of him as just him and an acoustic and mm. or maybe some other players and stuff like that in his later records. So it had the unexpected bit in it, which was kind of cool, like having those um, guitars. But it was kind of like slow and steady kind of song, um, but it kind of 
you expect it because it's got those little guitar solos you kind of mm. expect it to pick up and he's like no no this yeah. is where we are yes and we're staying here yes Just everyone kick back and then despite the like lyrical content and everything else it was just like a sit <laughs> we're done yeah because kind of he saves that for cupid's trick yes which opens as a pure acoustic mm. and you think oh yeah this is just not just but this is another elliot smith song and then like about a third of the way in it kicks up into like as close as he can get to a full-on rock song with chords and drums yes. and like a bass. It's, the whole, it's like, oh, yeah. it's almost like a normal rock song. Yeah. But it's still filtered through his like down-tempo, down-melody sort of stuff as well. Yeah. And back with um, Punch and Judy, that was one song that took me a while to like understand because his songwriting styles flip a lot throughout the record. Sometimes he'll be completely stream of consciousness and com- like completely straightforward with what he's saying. But then he'll use like Punch and Judy, which is more of a metaphor. He's talking mm-hmm. about, well, I had to look it up. It's about um, um, a comic, like comic characters, yeah. um, mm-hmm. Punch and Judy. And mm-hmm. they had like a very like, was it like a, a very like um, sarcastic relationship with yeah, one another like and all that sort of thing? Sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They used to hit each other with bats. Yeah. yeah. It was a puppet show. Right. Yeah. 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 Long, yeah. Long, long. Yeah. A long yeah. time ago, yeah. it was a puppet show, and it was like Punch and Judy, and uh, they would literally like hit each other with a with bat, a mallet and then, or something, yeah. yeah, and stuff like that. And it was just like it was, and it was for children, so yeah. promoting domestic violence for mm. children yeah. uh, with puppets, and that yeah. was like a real big, like big thing, like many many years ago. So, but it's known as a like a trope that people yeah. carry on with. Mm. So yeah, so he's using that as the, his metaphor for the yeah. relationship. Yeah, and that's his genius as well. He's he's able to flawlessly move between songwriting styles and still make it his own distinct sound. But yeah, using so many different tools, like his songwriting is mastery. That's why. Yeah, it's just yeah, you know, I love yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> we can tell you. Love yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of why you brought this here. Yeah. That's cool. So, Liam, is there something you'd like to touch on? Just one more for me, uh, Pieces of Me, which just starts out once again with just soft plucking and then he just goes straight into the chords and that's the closest he gets to pop rock, but mm, the lyrics are like the opposite of pop yeah. rock. Yeah. So my favourite line from that is... Like that's such an that's such an LA line, music yes. industry line, all yeah. that sort of like just yeah. Angelis is supposed to be his intro to LA song, but there's so many bits through this that mm. is like so tailored, like showbiz and music showbiz and all that sort of stuff. Because mm. that one you can tell he's got the Beatles influence yeah. around, definitely, yeah. like uh, with the the chords that he's choosing and stuff. And um, but then that kind of dum dum yeah. Dum, so you can, you can always have a dance to it. Uh, yep. As long as you don't listen to it too hard, because yeah. then you're just going to go sad. Yeah, like, maybe no, maybe not for a first yeah. date, depending. <laughs> no, yeah. Like, you in guys- fact, I probably wouldn't. Rec- I'm actually genuinely surprised. I must have been like s- such a depressed person that this boy back many years ago was like, "Here, uh, you you really need this you album. Need this, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you need it in two formats, yeah. just in case." Like, I'm like, "All right, brilliant. Cheers, thanks." Thank you. <laughs> but he was right. <laughs> yeah. Not gonna lie. Uh, Grant, is there anything we haven't touched on? Um, no, I suppose you, you referenced Angeles as well and, and listening to that a, a heap. I think that was also a good mm-hmm. one for mine. And, and obviously the songs three and four, Ballad of Big Nothing and behind, Between the Bars. And mm-hmm. Between the Bars, I actually, 
initially I didn't like it eh, at all. Um, right. And um, uh, this is an album, I suppose, when I started listening to it, I'm like, wow, that's like, like a real specific period in my life where, you know, late 90s or mid to late 90s, this is the sort of stuff that I think was coming out and was I was exposed to maybe not, you know, obviously not Elliot Smith specifically, but mm. wow, like, geez, I can, it takes me back to that late late 90s period. Mm. Um, and and it's, the more you listen to this, I think, yeah, you're just exposed to there's so many layers to this. Mm. Like, geez, this guy's not happy. Okay, sure. Yeah. But wow, it goes on. So, and then you get the context around he's moving to LA and, mm. you know, mm. that's no longer with us, etc. Um, yeah, fascinating album. And, and certainly between the bars, I actually ended up really liking yeah. yeah. after listening to it a couple of times. But I think off the bat to listen to it now, I go, wow, this is actually, this is a bit of work for me Mm -hmm. to have listened to it, to be honest. Yes. End to end. This is not like freaking, you know, four chords to glory, happy go, lucky shit. Mm. No. No. (laughs) This guy's got some challenges. No, Um, I don't think it's for everyone. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, But uh, but certainly listening to it a bit more and and removing yourself from, you know, it's hard not to, I suppose. Mm. And that's a wonderful thing about music is that, you know, it allows you to relate and and find something in it. Um, But yeah, certainly not an easy listen. Mm. Um, but something that can that grows on you. So thanks yes. for bringing it, certainly mm-hmm. for mine. Oh, that's all good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think as well, like the, I think there's something in one of his records for everyone as well. Like mm-hmm. either or might not be your jam, but if you're into more like production wise stuff, you can listen Definitely. to figure eight or something mm-hmm. like that. Like he really went and tried everything. Yeah. Maybe not to his like excitement but <laughs> i think i think he got he talks a lot about like how he got he felt like he was like a, being used by the music industry and that, that he was forced in directions that he didn't want to go into and mm-hmm. yeah because so. like the and that's re- an old tale though as well i mean isn't yeah it? like whoever you work for is probably going to try and lead you in a direction that sometimes or oftentimes you might not want to go so mm. um it's not a unique theme and mm. um you know, if you've attended a Neil Young concert, he'll have a rant. Yes. <laughs> like, he's going to go off about the fact that he didn't want to, you know, they, he, he sent out the, the second album or whatever was not, you know, what they liked. And it's like, but I'm Neil Young. It's my music. You can't tell me that it's not, yes. you know, what, what, how I'm supposed to play. So. Yes. That's true. That's Ah. So as of March 2017, uh, this is Elliot, either or is Elliot Smith's best-selling release, but it has still never charted and it sold 429,000 copies in the U.S., Wow. So it never none of his albums, none of his albums ever charted. And yeah. this is his best selling this is still his best selling one. So I think a lot mm. I think he's definitely the kind of musician where if you did pick up one of the latter two albums, most people would go, I'm gonna go back and figure out what the rest of this guy, what he's all done to, as well. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Got that style that would make you want to go back and it went silver in the UK. Okay. Of all which places. Which is how many? Uh I think it's six hundred thousand. Okay. I think so. so. Yeah, yeah, I can see it going better in the UK than in the US. Yeah, we're pretty miserable over there. Yeah, yeah, definitely a wet, <laughs> definitely a wet weather album. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, well, we have we we start we gave you Nick Drake. Yeah, <laughs> what more do you want? Come on, <laughs> <laughs> like there was a lot lot of stuff, lot of anti folk, a bit on. Stuff. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's there's not a small amount of like depressing folk that comes out of the. Yeah. There was yeah. quite a lot, so uh, yeah. It doesn't surprise me. So it didn't surprise me that Elliot Smith ended up in my record collection. So, but yeah. I definitely like he's. It's never charted, and I can see why because it's like I don't can't think of any time where this style of music has been massively popular. No, no. But 
you know, like yourself, I think a lot of musicians would quote him as an influence, mm-hmm. either instrumentally or songwriting, or just as a person who was just so totally devoted to what he was trying to do. So I think he's like that band's band sort of thing. So yes. sure, not a lot of mainstream success, but the bands you listen to probably know and would love Elliot Smith. Yes, on, it's on, yeah. Oh, you, oh no, sorry, I was just gonna say on this record, you wouldn't be able to pick out a track and go, "I'm gonna release this as a single." No, no, no. <laughs> None but, of them. You but could they release did. Single, but they, yeah. But they, which ones did they, they released do? two singles? Uh, Speed Trials and Ballad of Big Nothing. No, See, I find that so neither, bizarre. Yeah. Neither of which would have jumped to mind. I would have thought yeah. Pieces of You and yes. Cupid's Trick. Yeah. Like the, pictures the, the, of the, me the was the most... One. Sorry, Pictures of Me, yeah. Yeah, that, that song to me yeah. is the most obvious choice yeah. for a single. So it that, it's got... That, the, yeah. uh, like it's a bit more upbeat. I know, but it would trick you though, wouldn't it? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> if that was the song that you heard and then you went and bought the album, that's true. you'd be like, oh. what? Deceased. What? Yeah. <laughs> Pardon? Like, yeah, that's why I was thinking, like I, I didn't realise that there were singles because I'm like, you just couldn't. You couldn't pick out a single and go, it would have to be one of the darker songs. Mm. Yeah. So people would go be drawn in by the darker songs and go, now listen to the album and we, a little bit of hope uh, no sorry uh, but <laughs> mm. mainly it's like a darker record yeah and i wonder how much influence because this was with kill rock stars right uh-huh. because it was more of an indie label i wonder how much of a hand he had to choose the singles yeah um because i'm, I'm really lucky with my band and my label that um I'm very much like, this is the single. <laughs> so perhaps his thought process was like Ballad of Big Nothing is an overarching theme that really encompasses the vibe of the record, which it kind of sure. does because yeah. it's completely self-deprecating and nihilistic. Yeah. So maybe he was like, this track encapsulates the vibe. Well, my other thought that I'm only just figuring out now. So the first single was on in October 96 was Speed Trials and the album came out 20 February 97. Mm. And then his next album came out in 1998. So by 98 his Oscar stuff would have happened. So maybe Kill Rockstars and he would have been on to a different label. So maybe Kill Rockstars just released it as a single going, hey, let's try and sell a few more copies right. of this album sure. because yeah. he's an Oscar guy now and people yeah. are at least going to have heard of him. So I don't know. I didn't. There wasn't anything in there about maybe he didn't even want to release it as a single because he would have been on to his next album by then so he yes. probably wasn't even thinking about it too and hard. That's true. Just I, like it hadn't even dawned on me but I think like back in the day I had Kill All Rock Stars samplers. Do you remember sampler CDs mm-hmm. you used to get from like yeah. record labels and stuff? Wow. And um, I'm just trying to think about if I had... I would have had Elliot Smith stuff back in the 90s because you used to have to uh, send off for them at the back in the back of a music newspaper that I would collect I would go and purchase the enemy I'd go and purchase every week for my like 45p or whatever and then I would um, at the back it would have all the different um, record labels and you could send off your like two pounds or your ten pound note or whatever and they would send you a sampler cd like every month and I think Killer Rockstars was one of them um, for a period that I had which is really and it didn't even hit me until (laughs) you were just saying it that I was just like I think I had the sampler CD, yeah. which is really weird. Um, and now I'm going to go through my C- my old school CD collection and see if I can find it because that would be really cool. Yeah, it's and- so wild. Yeah. yeah. It's such a different time now. Different like, world. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, it's so different. Yeah. yeah. I was just trying to think how Elliot Smith would operate in these times. And I'd be like, maybe he's like a low-key. He would upload his tracks to SoundCloud and not tell you about it. Like, Definitely. He's a SoundCloud rapper. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I've definitely put my solo acoustic stuff on SoundCloud and don't let anyone know about yeah. it. Yeah. There yeah. you go. And everything else. So that's cool. Um, okay. So final pitch. Tell me, tell us again, or tell us what we've missed about this album that brought this album to the Flawless podcast today. Hmm. 
good question. <laughs> um, I think his his I think his songwriting is so synonymous with his character, and it's so it's like the most perfect depiction of life and art being one and the same. And um, you know the person immediately when you listen to the record. And I think that's the most in, uh, incredible quality for me um, because I I really admire authenticity in songwriting and I, um, I that's something I strive for as an artist as well. And um, I cannot see a moment of anything that's inauthentic about what he's saying. He's as raw and visceral and and um and emotional as as you can get and for the time as well that it came out there's a lot of you know just like you know rock bands and all that sort of thing and he was putting something out that that was very introspective very drawn back and very much like a super um unique for the time so yeah that's what i reckon (laughs) i think this has been an awesome album to bring forward. Yeah. We've had like time to look like to listen to what Mr. Smith was going through uh, during a period of time. And he managed to not only do that, but write it and have it released Mm -hmm. to an audience of people, despite the like content and whatever, like people saw something in it going, there's an audience for this, which is really, really cool. So, um, I think we need to thank our guest yeah. for bringing this album to Aww. us. Thank you very thank much. You so much. That was really good. It was good. Aww, yeah. Thank yeah. you so much Great for listen. having me. And everyone nice. should check it out. Yeah, yes. definitely. And you should also check out Wax. Um, and mm-hmm. if you want to, uh, there's a song, I believe it's called The Letters F. You, yes, which is a very fun song to listen to <laughs> that I have played on 4ZZZ, which is a Brisbane based community radio station. So, uh, go and listen to Wax. Uh, thank you so much, Maz. Thank yeah. you, thank Thanks you so again. much. Thank you, awesome. So, thank you, everyone else, for listening. We have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are Flawless AMP on all of those so you can join the conversation share like our posts or give us a rating so every little bit helps so other people can find us share it and who knows they might love us just as much as you do um as mentioned we now have patreon when no matter how much you give us we're just gonna give you content yep why not the extra content is a dollar a month and if you give us that we have bonus episodes. We have all sorts of stuff happening there. Check it out. Yeah, maybe we'll just have some gifts of Grant and some dancing. Uh, so it is patreon.com slash flawlessamp. Thank you again for listening. Thank you to our guest, Maz. And we will see you next time. I want you.